0: Welcome to the Littler Labor and Employment Podcast, conversations about employment and labor law issues that impact the workplace.
1: Hello, I'm Helene Wasserman, and I'm an employment law attorney and a shareholder with Littler in our Los Angeles office.
0: And I'm Bruce Sarchet, also a shareholder with Littler, from our office in Sacramento, California. But actually, Helene and I, like many of our listeners, I'm sure, Uh, We're still working remotely, so I'm not actually in my office. But thanks for taking the time today to tune in to our podcast on virtual mediations.
1: Virtual mediation. Welcome to 2020. If the second half of the year 2020 is anything at all like the first half, this will go down in history as one of the most challenging years ever for business, both in the United States and across the globe.
0: Agreed. It was just the last day of last year when Chinese health officials reported about a cluster of 41 patients with mysterious pneumonia-like symptoms. Since then, the global economy has gone from red hot to virtually frozen and is now just starting to warm up again. Businesses are reopening everywhere, but the COVID-19 pandemic is still out there.
1: Indeed it is. Many people are still reluctant to travel to in-person events. And our response to the shelter-in-place orders has demonstrated our innate resourcefulness. More and more work that used to involve travel to group meetings is now being completed virtually, over the internet, via video conferencing platforms.
0: And in the legal profession, the use of remote or virtual work has mushroomed this year. Just as business moved from the boardroom to the computer monitor, so has litigation moved from the conference room or the courthouse to the webcam on computers in our homes.
1: This transition has happened out of necessity. Bruce, do you know anyone, anyone at all, who woke up one day and said, wow, I want to do depositions in my own city via webcam?
0: I do not. And Helene, do you know of anyone who spontaneously thought, I think we should do our mediations via video conference today.
1: I do not. But this is our new reality. Welcome to 2020, the year of virtual litigation.
0: And we at Littler believe that virtual litigation is not just our present, it is our future as well. Attorneys in all practice areas, not just labor and employment law attorneys like Helene and myself, but all attorneys will need to adapt to appearing in court, taking depositions. And attending mediations remotely. Virtual litigation is not going away. This, my friends, is our new reality.
1: So, today, we'd like to focus in our podcast on just one part of this new reality virtual mediations. Over the past 90 days, attorneys in our firm have conducted literally hundreds of mediations, depositions, arbitrations court hearings, even a trial remotely. We are building a brand new database of experiences, both positive and negative, and we'd like to share with you what we've learned. We've organized our podcast into three key observations, and we will then provide five practical
0: suggestions. So let's dig in. Observation number one, virtual mediation, just by its very structure, goes against a closely held belief of many who are experienced in the mediation process. And that is that the only way you really get a matter resolved is by keeping the parties cooped up in their respective rooms until someone is sufficiently worn down to pay more than they want or accept less than they want.
1: Which we all know is the definition of a successful mediation, right? Our second observation is that virtual mediation may actually carry a number of benefits due to our current state of what we call litigation uncertainty. We have litigation uncertainty as to when a summary judgment motion may be heard. While some courts are reopening, they still have a backlog to work through.
0: And we have litigation uncertainty about how settlements will be funded by defendants. We know that businesses are struggling and and things may get worse. Plaintiffs may be more willing to settle for one in the hand rather than waiting for two in the bush. They may be out of work themselves and may need money today to make it through to tomorrow.
1: And we also have litigation uncertainty about the future in general. Defendants may be more willing to settle now due to the complex realities connected with just getting along in the middle of what still is a pandemic. As a result of these uncertainties, perhaps this is a good time to settle pending litigation. And the vehicle that exists for helping that process today is virtual mediation.
0: Observation three, virtual mediation works. Littler surveyed its attorneys worldwide to discern the efficacy of virtual mediations. Of the remote video mediations that Littler has participated in between mid-March 2020 and the recording of today's podcast, roughly 75% were successful, either resolving at the mediation itself or shortly thereafter. The mediations surveyed ran the gamut of labor and employment law disputes, including single plaintiff discrimination cases, multi-plaintiff matters, class and collective actions, and California Private Attorneys General Act claims, HAGA actions.
1: Analyzing the data a bit more, we looked to see what was causing the 25% of virtual mediations that were not successful to be not successful. The attorneys responded that in only a very few number of those, did they really think that the mediation would have been successful had it been in person. Most of the unsuccessful mediations were cases in which the cases probably would not have settled anyway. There were cases where the plaintiff may have made an unreasonable demand, the defendant may not have brought sufficient authority, or there were some other reason why the cases did not resolve at mediation, having absolutely nothing to do with the virtual mediation platform.
0: So those are our three key observations. Virtual mediation does go against the grain, but in today's uncertain environment, it provides a real opportunity. And at least one informal survey shows that it is effective.
1: So now on to our five practical suggestions. First, if possible, use a mediator whom you know and with whom you've already developed rapport from previous in-person mediations. As advocates, we know that it's good to get on the good side of the mediator, to be friendly and to be personable with the mediator. This rapport builds throughout the day. But building that rapport is more challenging in the virtual setting. So if at all possible, use a mediator you already know.
0: But what if you don't know the mediator? Then you'd need to find ways to build rapport over the virtual platform. Perhaps this means spending even more time in your virtual room during your one-on-one sessions than you might have done in person. And in advance, you want to try to learn as much as you can about the mediator, maybe Maybe you can set up a pre-mediation call to discuss the case and start building that rapport early on.
1: Suggestion number two, make certain that your mediator or his or her assistant is familiar and comfortable with the technology. Conducting mediations via video remotely is new to mediators too. They are the ones who'll be responsible for moving between the virtual breakout rooms, separating the parties remotely, and making sure that everyone involved is comfortable with the
0: technology. You might even consider scheduling a test run with the mediator and your client so that everyone becomes more comfortable with the process.
1: That's a good one, Bruce. Suggestion three, check your own technology. How is your internet connection? And here's a new term we've never used before, telephone redundancy. Do you have telephone redundancy? In other words, do you have a backup audio connection? Have you practiced with the platform before? Take an appropriate amount of time to make sure that you are familiar with the technology that you will be using. If needed, get help in advance from colleagues who are already expert in using the platform.
0: Our fourth suggestion is to submit your best possible mediation brief in advance. The more groundwork you can lay with the mediator beforehand, which includes providing the facts and all of your arguments, the more smoothly the process will go. Consider sharing a version of your brief with opposing counsel, even if that might not be your typical practice. Again, the goal of sharing mediation briefs is not to disadvantage the case, rather to take whatever steps possible to work toward resolution.
1: Bruce, can I push back a little bit on that? What's new there? Wouldn't that be good advice for all in-person mediations as well?
0: Uh, that's a fair fair observation, probably so, but maybe it's that virtual mediation just sort of heightens the stakes here. You need to be well-prepared for an in-person mediation, that's true, but I would submit that you need to be even more polished and prepared in the virtual world. There will be new distractions and new challenges that go along with this new platform, So, so good preparation is particularly important in the virtual mediation setting.
1: Our fifth and final suggestion may seem obvious, but you should always confirm that the other litigant is actually participating. Nothing is more frustrating than a mediation where one party is either not participating or is being kept in the dark by their counsel. While this can happen during in-person mediations, again, to Bruce's point, This concern is heightened when the mediation is being conducted remotely. Make sure that you periodically confirm with the mediator that the actual litigant, and not just his or her lawyer, is actually participating.
0: So those are our three observations, our five suggestions. And my friends, dear listeners, virtual litigation is here to stay. Attorneys and their clients will need to accept this new reality and the time is now to become more proficient in using virtual mediations as a way to resolve disputed matters.
1: We hope that you have found our observations and suggestions to be of value. Bruce and I appreciate the opportunity
0: to be of service to you. So true, Helene. And thanks thanks to our audience for tuning into our podcast. We are so glad you spent this time with us and, and hope you stay tuned at littler.com for the latest information on employment and labor law and our brave new world of virtual litigation. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. To discover other labor and employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit Littler.com podcasts.